Welcome to another episode of the UB Pod. On today's episode, we got a jam-packed list of topics to talk about, starting with the headlines. Then, after the headlines, we're going to move on to Have a Day, where Colin and I are going to talk about the players in the NFL that had themselves a day on Sunday. After that, we'll be moving on to Fantasy Corner, where we'll be talking about the top waiver wire pickups for this week, going into week six of the NFL season. And then we'll move on to the Daily Debate. We got a pretty good Daily Debate coming up for you guys, and that'll be posted on Twitter and Instagram to gauge what you guys think about what we're going to be talking about. And then finally, to round out the show, we're going to have our power rankings that we do every Tuesday. So, Colin, let's get started. Let's do it. So, this morning, we had some breaking news. I woke up this morning to the news that Jay Gruden, the head coach, former head coach of the Washington Redskins, had been fired. What do you think about that? Was it a good move? I think, I mean, firing your head coach midseason is always an interesting tactic. I never necessarily agreed with the firing of a head coach midseason because it always leaves a team a little bit in limbo. Um, but, I mean, it was time. It's been time for Jay Gruden to go. I mean, starting off 0-5 and then having all the Haskins deal with the front office, I think it, was, it wasn't it was unexpected, but I didn't expect it to be midseason. I kind of expected them to play out the season, but, I mean— it is what it is. He's gone. Time to move on. So what I saw over the weekend before he was even announced to be fired, before they even played their game, was that there was news broke that Jay Gruden didn't want to draft Dwayne Haskins and that the Redskins' ownership was the driving force behind drafting Dwayne Haskins. And I had that content ready to come to the show today to talk about, do you think Jay Gruden is going to be fired? And Jay Gruden didn't even last till the show to be able to talk about if he's going to be fired because he was fired. So I think that really did play into Jay Gruden getting fired. I don't understand why he wouldn't want to draft Dwayne Haskins. Um, I think he's going to be one of the top talents out of this past draft class. We've talked about that. But you have a little bit of tidbit of information that Jay Gruden dropped uh, this past week. So how about you share that real quick? I, I'm not sure... If it was Jay Gruden, it wasn't Jay Gruden, but uh, I did a source inside the Redskins I I read on ESPN said uh, Dwayne Haskins was having a little bit of trouble IDing defenses and calling plays in the huddle. And they said he's not ready right now, and it might be another year or even two before he's ready to go out there on Sundays. To me... That's that's pretty scary. I mean, I, I like Dwayne Haskins. I think he's a good quarterback. He looked really good at Ohio State. I think he's in a good situation on the Redskins, but that's that's not what you want to hear about your franchise quarterback, man. No, and I I understand he's a rookie, and I think that that is the reason why he might be having these kind of troubles. I think that saying another year to two years is excessive. There's no way that it takes that long. I, th- I think I think two years is, is excessive, but I think this year, for sure, he should not see the field. Well, does that, is that saying another year as in this year and the next year? Or like, like 
No, I, I, this okay. Year. I, I read that as this year or another year would be after this year, another year after that. Okay. So that makes sense. That, that would be two years. Right. Okay. So I, I didn't so, know yeah. if that meant on top of this no. year because they are, he had benched him. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So then I, I would agree with you. I, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't have started him this whole year. Mm-mm. And I think that the fact that they threw him into a game against the Giants was kind of a last minute decision. Like, oh shit, we're getting shit on. Let's, let's just throw in Dwayne Haskins to see what happens. And that's what you should never do for your franchise quarterback. Absolutely. Not. I think that was very wrong of them to put him into that situation. And, but yeah, I, I would agree that this year he should sit the whole year. He should learn. And I can't even say really like learn behind Case Keenum because he's not the best quarterback, but he can at least he's take, still a vet. He, he's still a veteran who has experience reading defenses. Like it sounds like Haskins is having trouble with, and demanding respect and commanding a huddle. That those are all very important things as a franchise quarterback to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and at least Case Keenum has done that. He's done that at a high level. He's done it in the playoffs. Um, so I, I think that it is a good idea to keep him out this year. But I think two years is very excessive. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. Two years, two years is a little bit much. But uh, I, I think the Redskins should just embrace the tank. Just embrace the tank. Set up your team with either a good draft pick, where you can either take a dif- difference maker for your team, or you trade that pick. You get multiple picks, and you can get multiple difference makers. I think just sitting, just don't even think about putting Dwayne Haskins on the field. Don't even put him in pads this year. Just let him sit on the sidelines in street clothes. Let him learn the offense. Let him obviously find out what the hell the defense is doing since he has no idea. So I I think firing Jay Gruden, it was the right move. I don't agree with the timing of it because if you do it after the season, then you get a chance to bring in a new head coach right away. You get to start implementing that offense right away. You get, I just don't agree with the timing of it. I understand that. But coming from a Cleveland perspective, I do see that the Cleveland Browns did turn their season around when they fired Hugh Jackson last year. They started off rough. I think they were around one and three or so. One and three, like two and three, something like that in that area. They did not have a winning record. And they ended up being seven, eight, and one, having a wing record after firing Hugh Jackson. So it can work. It can spark a team. It can light a fire under their ass and say, hey, if we're firing the coach, who else, who knows who else is next? So it can kind of light that fire under you. But at the same time, I agree. I think they need to embrace the tank and look to see what the Dolphins are doing. The Dolphins are losing every game, and they're making trades. They traded Minka Fitzpatrick to the Steelers for a first-round pick this year. Mm-hmm. So if the Dolphins continue and trend the way they are and just keep losing, they can have the first pick in the draft. And if the Steelers keep playing the way they are, they might have another top-12 pick. Oh, yeah. The Dolphins could potentially have the number 1 and maybe number 10-12 to 12 pick in the upcoming NFL draft. That's what the Redskins need to aim on trying to do right now. Oh yeah, that's why. That's why I'm saying why. Why not embrace the tank? Why not keep Jay Gruden around? Because obviously you're losing games with him. So why not just keep him, keep him around? I mean, you're not trying to win games. If you're, if you were trying to win games, you'd be playing Dwayne Haskins. You would have already fired Jay Gruden. But if you're trying to lose, just keep him around. Let him, let him keep losing games. Let him, let everyone else see how bad of a coach he is. 
and then fire his ass. So I understand that perspective, but I think that there's more to the uh, Jay Gruden situation where he may have been more toxic than helpful, which is why they ended up firing him. Because if you don't believe in the franchise quarterback, the future franchise quarterback, I don't think he should still be on the roster or still be on the payroll. Fire your ass. Like, get out of here. And I, and I, that is why I understand why they fired him midseason. I get it's probably the wrong thing to do. But if, like you said, it's kind of rare where a team has a coach fired and then turns things around, then obviously they're still going to plan on tanking anyway. Yeah. So I don't see the point in keeping Jay Gruden around because, like you said, you're not trying to win games anyway. And might as well remove the toxicity out of the out of the room because yeah, you want to be all in on your franchise quarterback and you don't want the head coach to be up there having doubts about him. Yeah, That's not right. So I I do really like this firing. I really do respect it. Yeah, I mean, obviously you don't want any any toxicity in your locker room is not good for the team. But it also could help you with the tank. So, Just saying. So one more note on the Jay Gruden firing. Do the Raiders have a job opening for Jay Gruden to come join John Gruden? Absolutely. <laughs> I would pay I would pay Jay Gruden's salary to go coach with his brother. I I I mean, that would be that would I, the Raiders would be my Super Bowl favorites at that point. Really? They, I mean, two Grudens on one team? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? There's no one in the NFL that can stop two Gruden, two Gruden minds. Not a chance. Not a chance in hell. But what about the athletes they have on their team? Doesn't matter. Okay. Doesn't matter. Well, we can talk about that a little bit later. Maybe. So moving on, Saquon Barkley. We had some rumors this week that maybe he'll be ready to go for Sunday, and the team hadn't necessarily ruled him out. Even there were some videos posted. We personally had posted videos on Unfinished Business at Finish the Biz on Twitter and in, actually on Instagram as well. And we saw Saquon Barkley during calisthenics running, jumping, making cuts and juking, just having a good time. And this comes two weeks after he was diagnosed with a high ankle sprain. Is Saquon Barkley human? Not a chance, man. Not a chance. I mean, his his trainer, Nike's senior director of performance, said if the game were this Sunday, he would 100% play. They asked Saquon about if he's going to play on Thursday. He said he thinks so. Thinks so? He knows so. Well, maybe. They, I, he might be ready to go, but I'm not sure if the Giants will be ready to let him go. Right, and another part of that was that the Giants did not let him play this Sunday despite him wanting to because they were nervous about such a young athlete getting back too early and they didn't want to rush him back and have him get hurt again. So I understand it, but based off of my own two eyes and what I saw him doing, I think that he might be back for Thursday, and I would be so exhilarated if he was because you hate to see such a stud player, no matter the position, be out with injury. Because that is so good for football to have those guys on the field. So I hope to see Saquon back this week on Thursday Night Football. So you'd roll him out against the Pats? Yes. You would? I would do it. I think that's a little I think that's a little dangerous, from, but from a team perspective, I understand maybe not, because you know, it really it depends on what their vision for the season is. 
I think that they still have playoff hopes in mind, which is foolish, in my opinion. But that is the reason why they're still debating bringing him back, because they think they might have a chance. And on top of that, they did just see the Buffalo Bills put up a good fight against the Patriots. And the Patriots have played some brutal brutal opponents over the last few weeks. And I personally don't think they would even come close to beating them. But from a Giants perspective, you have to take into mind what they're thinking. And I think the Giants are thinking that their season isn't over yet, that they still have something to fight for. That's fair. Let's move on to someone whose season I thought might have been over this weekend. Yeah. Mason Rudolph. He took a he took a pretty scary looking hit, but honestly, I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was the right non-call on yeah. the play. What'd you think of it? So I agree. And we've looked at this video a few times now. Um and we still can't really decide. So what happened was Mason Rudolph rolls out of the pocket to his left, and he goes to throw the ball to, I believe, his tight end. James Washington. Yep, to James Washington, the receiver, my bad. And Earl Thomas, the safety, comes up to make a play on Mason Rudolph, jumps up in the air, ends up hitting his helmet to Mason Rudolph's jaw. And what seemed in live action to be a helmet-to-helmet hit when you really look at it slower, you see that he didn't lead with the crown of his helmet. It wasn't really anything malicious. It was just kind of incidental head-to-head contact, but he hit him, like, really in the jaw. So when you watch it, you don't really understand how he had gotten knocked out, and that's, like, bad to say because he did, and that's really bad, and, like, I hope he's okay. Mm-hmm. But it's it's interesting to see because, obviously, like, we're not neuroexperts, and I don't understand what it takes to— get knocked out cold like that but mason rudolph was not moving yeah he got hit he went down motionless and might have hit his head again on the way down because oh, he, definitely he was definitely out did. like a light oh he was he was out before he hit the ground yeah absolutely his eyes were in the back of his head mm-hmm. and i i mean i can see both sides of the argument for this call i mean yes uh Earl Thomas, he he left his feet. He he did kind of. He was hitting him kind of high, but at the same time, I, I I don't think it was it was malicious intent. I I think it was. I think it was. It plays more to the fact that Mason Rudolph Mason Rudolph has a glass jaw. <laughs> I mean, he he the fact that he got knocked out on that kind of hit was it was a little weak, but I mean it it's unfortunate. And I'm glad he's, he got out of the hospital last night and he's doing okay. And I hope he comes back because I really need him to pass the ball to Juju. I personally don't think it has anything to do with toughness. I mean, you might get knocked out from the same hit and have no idea. He had no idea he was going to get knocked out cold like that. Well, yeah. no you don't know. Knows. And we don't know because, like I said, like we're not neuro experts. But I think, like you said, I would agree with the part where you're saying – I mean, Earl Thomas jumped in the air, but I don't think it's very dirty. I would agree. And also it's because Mason Rudolph was in the process of still throwing the ball. So it's not even like it was a roughing the passer or he hit him late. He was, in my opinion, I think jumping in the air to maybe distract him from making the throw or bat it down and then came down to make a tackle high. And I think that is a bad way to tackle, but I don't think it was a malicious hit on Mason Rudolph. Yeah. We had a little history made this weekend. More history. Back-to-back weeks. Back-to-back weeks with wow. history. 
Lots of history being made by these old heads who are still running around the NFL. So tell us about this new old head breaking records. Well, this weekend we had Brady, Mr. Tom Brady, move into number three all time in passing yards. He is wow. now only behind Drew Brees and Peyton Manning. And who did he just pass? He Brett just Favre. passed Brett Favre. Wow. Unfortunately. That, that's a great stat. But do you want to know what shocks me more than Tom Brady being now third and almost second on this list? The fact that Drew Brees is still number one. He's almost a whole season ahead of everyone else. That is insane. And he's that, still playing. Yeah. And I don't want to say this wrong, but I think Drew Brees has been in the league for less time than Tom Brady. I think Tom's been in the league a couple years longer. I think Drew came in about 2003 and Tom 2002. I think he's might be a season off. Are you trying to look this up right now? I am trying. Good. It's so, bad radio, but yeah. No, it's okay. But I think that it's more impressive to me that Drew Brees is still a number one. And like I said, Brady's at three, but he'll be at number two next week. He's only around, I think, 40 to 50 yards behind Peyton Manning. So this week he will be passing Peyton Manning week six. But as Colin stated, he's still about 3,000 yards behind Drew Brees, which is almost like a whole season. Tom Brady came into the league in 2000. Drew Brees came in in 2001. 2001, okay. So he's a year behind. So Tom's a year behind. No, Tom's no, no, a no, year no, yeah, ahead. But he's a year behind in passing yards, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Right, so that's even more impressive. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So that's why I think that Drew Brees, is that that is a more impressive stat to me, that Drew Brees is number one, and there's a whole season in front of a guy who came into the league a year in front of him. And on top of that, Drew didn't come out playing so well. No. Tom Brady came out playing like Tom Brady as soon as he replaced um, – Bledsoe. Bledsoe, thank you. And he still had Bill Belichick. Oh, yeah. Drew came in the league on the Chargers, if you remember, and was pretty brutal. It was kind of like a Peyton Manning situation. It was also impressive that Peyton Manning's so high up. Peyton Manning came out throwing picks after picks after picks when he was a rookie. Jesus, yeah. And Drew was not Drew Brees when he was on the Chargers. He obviously had the talent to get there, but it was showing that the Chargers drafted Phillip Rivers, in order to be Drew Brees' replacement because they didn't believe in him. And after only his rookie year of being there, midway through his rookie year of Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees gets hurt and Phillip Rivers replaces him and Drew doesn't come back. 2005, Drew, Drew Brees in free agency goes to New Orleans and he becomes a Drew Brees we all know today. So, not only was he a year into the league after Tom, but he wasn't even playing on the level he was until four or five years after Tom Brady was already winning Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Nuts. Drew Brees is insane. I, I hope he plays forever, honestly. Me I, too. The day Drew Brees retires will be a very, very sad day for me. Yeah. I agree. I love Drew Brees. He's my favorite player in the NFL. And I have a very special heart, place in my heart for New Orleans, the New Orleans Saints. I love Drew Brees. And I, I hope to see him come back healthy this year. I hope to see him lead this Saints team to a Super Bowl because I think they have it in them. I, I think they might. I think they might. We might get to that a little bit later. Yeah, so congratulations to Tom Brady for moving to third and a pre-congratulations to Tom Brady for moving into second next week. We'll 
talk yeah. about it again. We'll just brush over it, but he'll he'll get there in the first quarter of, of the game next week against the Giants. Sorry, Peyton. So moving on to the next segment, have a day. We had a couple days. We had quite a few. So, Con, would you like to go first with your have a day? I would. My first have a day is Christian McCaffrey. This man is on fire right now. He went 19 carries for 176 yards. That's 9.3 yards per carry. Two rushing touchdowns, six catches for 61 yards, and another receiving touchdown. Dude's an animal. He's insane. He's insane. I, like, the way he moves on the field is unbelievable. I, I, I have never seen someone move like that. Like, he, him and Saquon Barkley, I know Saquon is in a league of his own, but I think Christian McCaffrey is, he, he's getting up there. He's definitely making his way into one of the best running backs in the league, and he's proving it week after week. And I'm glad you said that because I've been having that struggle in my head. I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm a little upset that with my first pick in our fantasy draft, I drafted Saquon and not Christian McCaffrey. And I kept saying, I go, I know I'm going to mess this up. I don't want to have the first pick because I could have a good team no matter what pick I have. But I don't want the first one because I know if there's someone else that's better than the guy I pick, I know I fucked up. Yep. Because I had the opportunity to pick him. I could have picked anyone. Yep. So that, it hurts me, but I'm hoping Saquon comes back strong. But Christian McCaffrey looked like a beast. He looked like a man among boys this past week. My have a day. Have a day, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones went off this week. For any of you guys that didn't see, Aaron Jones tied the Green Bay Packers franchise record with four touchdowns in a game. Rushing touchdowns. Four, four rushing touchdowns. Four rushing touchdowns. No. The, he tied the record with Randall Cobb, who had four touchdowns. Yes. He tied Randall Cobb for the record for four touchdowns. You can look that up. I will. Aaron Jones have a day. He had over, I think, 200 yards from scrimmage between rushing and receiving. I think it was like 160 or 170 rushing and then another 71 receiving. Um, the man was an absolute beast, and he was the direct reason why the Green Bay Packers won this week in Dallas. Rushing touchdowns in a single game, I told you, dude, there's no way. There's no way because, like, there's been multiple times. I know even Matt Flynn threw, like, five touchdowns in a game, at least. Against the Lions when he went crazy, him and Matt Stafford both went crazy. They both threw at least five touchdowns. Okay. So it's it was definitely rushing touchdowns, and Aaron Rodgers has thrown seven touchdowns in a game multiple times. All right, you got me. I mean— You got me. Yeah. I mean, I— I have I, a day, I, Aaron Jones, I'm not, I'm not four trying, rushing touchdowns. I'm not trying to get you, but I just— No, I, I got it. Wanted, wanted to be correct. accurate. I got yeah, it. Yeah, but— yeah. I, I appreciate that. Aaron Jones is I just thought, okay. He's crazy. Yeah. He, he is crazy. Off. He went off, and he had himself a day. Who else had themselves a day, Colin? My other have a day, my boy, my man, my A1 homie. I got his jersey on today. I'm repping. Maction. Run the damn ball. Marlon Mack. 29 carries, 132 yards. 
just under five five yards carry. Dude looked unbelievable out there against the Chiefs. His patience running behind that offensive line was unmatched. He looked like Le'Veon Bell out there, just using his blocks, finding the hole, making a cut. You know, it. I'll take five yards of carry all day. I'll take a five-yard run on first down because you know what? That sets up second and five. Get another five-yard carry, that's first down. I'll take that all day long. Marlon Mack, I love you. You are easily my favorite player on the Colts right now. You, you might be my favorite player in the league. Marlon Mack, have a damn day and run the damn ball. I love it. Another have a day moment goes hand in hand with Marlon Mack. Have a day, the Colts offensive line. Dominant. You mentioned it, but you didn't mention it enough. The Colts offensive line was electric. When Sunday Night Football is only showing highlights of the offensive line blocking schemes, oh my God, that's the best football I've ever watched. It is amazing. They ran the ball on one of their last drives of the game, 10 out of 11 plays. They just pounded it at the Chiefs. They had no care. They had no regard for human life. Just pounding the ball, running the damn ball, and right at the head of it to lead this offensive line and Marlon Mack down the field in the running game, Quentin Nelson and Anthony Costanzo, the left guard and left tackle of the Indianapolis Colts. And Quentin Nelson earned the highest left guard rating on PPF of any left guard since 2012 for a single game. He had a 96.3 rating. And he is ranked the second best guard in the NFL. And standing next to him to his left side at left tackle, Anthony Costanzo, is ranked the first left the first rated left tackle in the NFL. This Colts offensive line is amazing. And I can't wait to keep seeing them running the damn ball. Yeah. I I mean, when we were when Chris Ballard came in and started putting together his team, I loved the fact that he had an emphasis on both the D-line and the O-line. And that showed last night. The Colts came in an 11-point dog. And I knew going into the game, we were going to dominate both sides of the ball because the Chiefs O-line was not is not very good. And we got pressure on Pat Mahomes. We made him get outside the pocket. And, we, and then when he got hurt, we kept him in the pocket and still put pressure on him. I think we had four sacks against him too. Nope, zero sacks on Jacoby Brissett last night. Zero. And we had 45 rushing attempts. 45. Run Run the the damn ball. ball. We love the Colts. I love the Colts. I'm a Colts truther. This team, this team just gets me so amped. Sometimes I just go, I just, at night, right before I'm about to go to bed, I just go through and look at the roster. Oh, man. And just get really excited. Oh, he gets so excited. And just get real, just get real happy. <laughs> the Colts, they play real football. They play tough nose football, and it's exactly what I like to watch. And I'm so happy that the entire nation got to see the Colts playing that style of football and beat the Kansas City Chiefs, who 
all they like to do is throw the ball. They're so flashy with Mahomes and his cool passes. No. The Colts beat them because they play tough-nosed football. They play it the way it's supposed to be played, and I don't want to sound like an old head because I love throwing the ball, and obviously it's a great part of the game, but what I'm meaning by that is that they start with their offensive and defensive lines like you said. That is how you should build your team because if you can get that pressure on the quarterback while he's trying to throw the ball, then he's going to make worse decisions and you're going to get picks. I would rather have pressure on the quarterback and get a pick that way than get a pick from a coverage sack. You don't see coverage sacks as often. So I think when building your team, I I would definitely start with your D-line and then obviously your offensive line because you need to protect your quarterback when he's throwing and you need to be able to run the ball to establish the run and be able to run play action and work a passing game better off the run. And that's what the Colts did. They were able to establish the run so that way their passing game was a lot more efficient and that is exactly what I like to see and that's why they beat the Chiefs. 100%. Have a day, Colts. Have a day, Colts. Moving on. Moving on. To the Fantasy Corner. I just want to shout out our amazing producer, Becca Carney. She is the reason why we sound so amazing, and she's the one that goes through and edits the audio to make it be what it really is. We could not really manage without her. Those amazing promos you hear on Instagram and Twitter when we're posting those, that's all Becca. She's the best, and she is the GOAT producer. Thank you, Becca. So, she'll give us some great production. Moving on to the fancy corner. We're going to do some waiver wire pickups this week. Um, oh, yeah. We had a hell of a week in fantasy this oh, week. Yeah. Five different players over 40 points and 11 at almost at over 30 points. Almost 12 at over 30 points. Russell Wilson was .1 away from point being one at 12. Away. Yeah. But, damn, it was a crazy week in fantasy this week. Oh, yeah. Nuts. It was an awesome week. I wouldn't say awesome. It was okay. Uh, you lost, so that's why. Um, Me, on the other hand, I was down by 80 points or more. I forget exactly what it was the biggest at one point, but I know. You were bitching so much I, about it, too. In our group, man, I was depressed. Oh, you I, were beyond here, depressed. Let, let me tell you about the day I had yesterday. Yesterday, I already had coming into the game, uh, coming into the matchup, 9.8 fantasy points for Robert Woods because he played like garbage. But the guy I was facing had Cooper, mm, nope, had Brandon Cooks, and he only had like seven, eight points anyway. So I'm like, okay, like that kind of evens out. Like, let's just play it out from there. And I come out, I had Mark Andrews and DeAndre Hopkins playing first. Mark Andrews did not get the ball as much as he had been in the past. He only ended up with about nine or so fantasy points, and I was kind of getting down about that. But at the same time, I was like, okay, like this guy has been hurt, and um, he had the foot injury. I can't really be that mad because I knew like he was going to get that, and he ended up with 9.5. But what pissed me off was I had just traded for DeAndre Hopkins, and I know you don't like that trade, but I was expecting him to start going off this week and he puts up 15.8, which is great. He had great reception numbers. He had uh, seven receptions. But it killed me watching Will Fuller dancing in the end zone every single drive. He had 
three, four uh, touchdown receptions. He had a lot. He had a lot of touchdowns. And what did my guy have? DeAndre Hopkins, zero. They scored 54 points, and DeAndre Hopkins had no touchdowns. So my blood was boiling, and I was upset. I was very, very upset, and I was mad because I only had, like, 50 fantasy points going into the late games. And I was putting in our group me, I go, guys, fire sale. Whoever you want, come get them. I'm, I'm talking trades because I'm pissed at my team. Then Aaron freaking Jones comes out of the gate. 49.2 fantasy points. Austin Eckler, who I just traded for with that DeAndre Hopkins trade. 22.3 fantasy points. Phillip Rivers killing me with only 4.1. But Aaron Jones brought me back into it. And by Sunday night football, I was only in, I was in front by one fantasy point, And I was facing LaShawn McCoy. And I had Damian Williams left, the battle of the Kansas City running backs. And I knew I had him beat because I knew that the Chiefs only throw the ball. And when they throw the ball, they'd rather throw it to Damian Williams. And I got the dub. So that was the roller coaster of a day I had. I went from being depressed to being the happiest man on earth. And now I think I'm going to buy an Aaron Jones jersey. <laughs> Sounds like you had one hell of a day. My day was a little bit less than I lost. <laughs> I lost by a lot because Lamar. Lamar screwed me. Never trust Lamar Jackson. Never trust a running back that plays quarterback. Hey, hey, he's the best running back that's ever played quarterback. <laughs> ever. I'm throwing shots. He's not that bad. He's gotten exposed the last couple of weeks with his oh, passing, yeah. but I, I, he'll turn it around. Let's move on to the waiver wire pickups in the fantasy quarter. So who we got chilling on the waiver wire to well, pick up this week? Honestly, the number one option for everyone available or only owned in 65.7% of leagues, Will Fuller. And like I said, you just traded for DeAndre Hopkins, and yeah. I and you said I didn't like it. Will Fuller's the reason I didn't like it was because everyone, there's only two options in that offense. That's DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller. And if, they sh- if the defense shuts down DeAndre Hopkins, which they're more than likely going to do, Will Fuller is going to be the only other guy that's there to catch the balls. I mean, he had 16 targets yesterday, which is insane. But yeah, I would if Will Fuller's available in your league, I don't care what your priority is on the waiver wire, put in a claim for him. Because if anything, if anything, you can sell him. Yeah, and he's only he is available in 65.7 percent of leagues. He's available. Okay, so. Or, no, he's only taken, oh, sorry, he's owned. 65.7% owned is what I meant to say Yeah, in percent leagues. So that's pretty low number. So if you got him on your waiver wire, if he's available, go get him. Next up, I have Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater's got a couple good games left in him. And if you're looking for a quarterback or your quarterback's on bye this week or next week, depending on when Drew Brees comes back, Teddy Bridgewater's only owned in 10.2% of leagues. He's most likely available in your league. So if you need a quarterback because yours is on by, go grab Teddy Bridgewater off waivers. Yeah, another quarterback that's available in almost 80% of leagues, or over 80% of leagues, Gardner Minshew. He's been putting up points. He's been playing pretty damn well. for. I've, I've actually even considered dropping Aaron Rodgers 
for Gardner Minshew because he's been playing so well. And he he just scores points. I mean, I think this week he had right around 20 points. I mean, at, for a quarterback, I'll take that. I'll take that all day. I'll take 20 points a game. Yeah, he had 21 points this week. Yeah. I, I mean, if you're looking for a streaming option at quarterback, I'd look Gardner Minshew, 100%. I like that pick. And on the quarterback train, Josh Allen is only owned in 53.2% of leagues. So half the leagues don't own Josh Allen. That's crazy. That is absolutely asinine. And Josh Allen is one of the best fancy quarterback options, I think, personally, this year. He's gotten over double digits every week. He's probably, I think he's averaging around 15 fantasy points per week. He's a very good option that even if you do have a stud quarterback like a Lamar Jackson or a Russell Wilson, you still want to pick up Josh Allen for that bye week, especially if it, if he's playing a softer team that week that your quarterback is on bye. So Josh Allen, another great waiver wire ad this week. One more, Auden Tate is only owned in 13.7% of leagues. John Ross just hit the IR, and A.J. Green ain't back yet. And the Bengals are going to be passing a lot because their defense sucks. Their team sucks. So honestly, I think the production is going to be there for Auden Tate because of the volume he's going to see in that offense. With teams starting to shift the coverage towards Tyler Boyd with A.J. Green not in there and no no John Ross to think deep, I think Auden Tate's going to see a nice uptick in production in these next couple of weeks before A.J. Green comes back. So I got another one. Yeah, one more. Kareem Hunt. <sighs> Kareem Hunt on ESPN is only owned in 55% of leagues. That, to me, is asinine. He needs to be he needs to be he, rostered in every single he league. Need, yeah, he needs to be rostered in 100% of leagues. This man is coming back week nine. He will be here before you know it. It is already week six. If you let it get too close to that week, he will not be there. No. So take advantage now. Listen and heed our words. Pick up Kareem Hunt because we're not lucky enough to have him on waivers in our league because we have a guy smart enough to hold on to him. But... You need to pick up Kareem Hunt. He is going to be a vital role in the Browns offense this season. He's going to be paired with Nick Chubb, and that is why people are straying away from him. But I see this as being a Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram situation that they've had the past couple of years in New Orleans. I would 100% pick up Kareem Hunt. Don't let that ch- uh, change. Go get him right now. Go, go. Go. Get out of here. Go. Get out of here. Go. Get, get off the get off the pod page. You, you you could still listen to us while you're on the ESPN app. Go to the ESPN app right now and go put in a claim for Kareem Hunt because I am astounded that he's only owned in fifty five percent of leagues. Yeah, that's that's nuts. So that was a nice little fancy corner. That was nice. Yeah. But back to the real world. We got a little daily debate action going on. So today's daily debate. Are the Raiders underrated or are the Bears overrated? Both or neither? Four options. I think I think it's a little bit of a mixture of both, in my opinion. Okay, explain yourself. Well, starting with the Raiders, I I mean hard they did have hard knocks this year, so that's gonna 
skew the landscape of how people perceive them a little bit. But I like this Raiders team. I think that they have multiple young— I mean, I've said it before, and I'll continue to say it from here until the day that they win a Super Bowl. They have young talent on this team. They're—I mean, they got young talent everywhere on this team. I can speak to Arden Key, Clayton Farrell, Mo Hurst, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr. I mean, this team is loaded. Darren Waller coming out this year. Foster Moreau's looking good. I mean, this team is just full of talent. It's 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 just going to be whether they can put it together and they can make a run. And I I don't I don't think people ver- believe in John Gruden. I mean, I don't think they understand that last year when he decided to trade Cleo Mack that they they didn't understand that he was He's he signed a 10-year deal. He wasn't he's not trying to win a Super Bowl in one year. He's building this team. And right now, I think that they they got a damn good start. Cause this team, I mean, they're playing pretty damn well too. I think I think the Raiders are a little bit underrated. I think they're a lot of bit underrated. For all the reasons you said and more. I think that the way they're headed right now and the way that they're playing, they're playing inspired football. So on top of the talent you just mentioned, they're playing like they want to win. And they're playing like they have something to prove, and that's dangerous. That's dangerous for other teams. And that is what happened against the Bears. The Bears thought they can go in and just beat up on these guys, and they came out swinging and beat the Bears. And I don't think that's the end of it because, like you said, they look really good. And even last week they just came off a win against the Colts who just beat the Chiefs. These guys have it in them to keep going. And if you look at their division, you got the Chiefs, who I think will most likely win. So that will be the division winner. But they also have the Chargers, who have been underperforming this season. Yep. I think the Raiders actually have a chance to finish second in the division and have a real shot at a wild card berth this season. As crazy as that is to say. Mm. That's a hot take. I like that. I like that yeah. take, though. Because I, 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 I agree with it. I, I, I really do. I really think that the this Raiders team is going to be— I think they're going to finish a lot better than people think. Oh, yeah. Second. That's my prediction. Second in the division. Very much a cusp team to make the wild card. I think they can do it, though. I, I think that's they can. take. Moving to the other side of the debate, I, I really do think this Bears team is overrated. I, I, I'm not a big Trubisky fan. I think he's— I think he's good. I think losing Vic Fangio for this defense hurts a lot more than people think. Who the hell knows what's going on with Roquan Smith? I know he played yesterday, but there was something going on. I don't know if they figured it out or not, but he is back on the field. That's that's encouraging. And I think Chase Daniel might might be better for this team than Trubisky. I mean, I, I think Trubisky... <laughs> That's a joke. I think I think Trubisky does have the higher ceiling, but has the lower floor. But Chase Daniel has the higher floor and a lower ceiling. That's a joke. Uh, no, not a chance. But I think I I, I don't know. I, I don't. I've never really been a big Bears fan. I know Chicago people really hammer the Bears. They they really think they have a chance to win the Super Bowl this year. I just. 
I don't see it. I, I don't see it in the way they I, – I just don't see it. The Chicago Bears are not overrated. I don't believe in the Chicago Bears to be a Super Bowl team, but I don't think that but that's, they're but that's, overrated. But that's where, the, that's where they're quote-unquote rated. Bears fans. That's where they're quote – no, that's mm. where they're quote-unquote rated. Going, You cannot tell me right now this they, going into the season they're they rated. weren't Super Bowl contenders. You cannot tell me that they weren't. Because everyone and their mother was like, oh, this Bears team's going to win the NFC North. Yes. Bullshit. That's what I was going to say. Bullshit. They were, they were rated at being the divisional winners in the AFC North or NFC North before the Packers decided to show up and be like, hey, we're fucking good and we got a defense. So I would say at this point of the season, I would say that they are not overrated. I would, wouldn't say that they're like... Exactly rated, like you said. Like I mean, I guess some people were saying they're Super Bowl contenders. I would say it's mostly the city of Chicago, but I wouldn't. I would not go as far to say that they're overrated. I think when Mitchell Trubisky comes back, then they'll get right on the right track again. I think that their offense couldn't survive with Mitch, and their defense will be the ones ultimately winning them the Super Bowl and winning them games. Like the people say, defense wins championship. This defense wins games. That is how good they are. They hold teams to so little points that their offense doesn't need to do much to win games. So I personally think that they're not overrated. I think that is crazy to say that Chase Daniel could be a better option than Mitch Trubisky at this point. I think Mitchell Trubisky still has a lot to prove. I think he's still a great quarterback, a good quarterback, not a great quarterback. Um, But I do not think the Bears are necessarily overrated. But... They will not win the division, but they could still make a playoff spot, and that's why I don't think they're overrated. I think they could still win, earn a wild card spot. Maybe, maybe I don't know. The the NFC North's pretty, pretty competitive this year. I mean, the Lions, the Lions look good. The Lions are okay this year. Surprise! I guess Um, the Detroit Lions are good now. Detroit Lions actually can play football. Yeah, Um, surprise! The Vikings are actually okay. It's a good division. It's a. (laughs) It might be the best division in football. I liked the AFC South last week. I'm a little bit more hesitant now because I well I I like I like the Texans. I like the Colts, and everyone I, but the Titans lost one. And Jaguars didn't win. They lost to the Panthers. Did they? Yep. I thought they beat the Panthers. Nope. So the Jaguars lost to the Panthers. Oh. So that is why I'm like, okay, oh, I know you love your Minshew mania. But maybe we got to hey. pump the brakes here hey. because if they can't even beat Kyle Allen and the Panthers, hey. then I don't really know. Well, it's not Kyle Allen and the Panthers. It's Christian McCaffrey and the Panthers. And but, they don't have Jalen Ramsey. I think that that hurts that defense but they're a not, lot more they're than They're not going to have Jalen Ramsey. I, no. But I'm saying he's going to continue to be hurt. Yeah, but I don't think he's going to end up playing because no. he wants to be traded. He's going to find his way not to play. I think that's a big issue. Um, and the Titans, like, they just haven't really showed up as much as I would hope that they were going to after a big week one against the Browns. So I I don't know how much I believe in that division anymore. I believe in the top two teams, the Colts and the, and the Texans, but yeah. I, I don't know about the rest of that division. I'm a little hesitant now with Minshew Mania. I would have believed it if they won, but... I, I don't know why they ended up losing that game. I don't think they should have lost that game. I think if they really wanted to show teams that they were legit, they would beat the Panthers that have Kyle Allen at quarterback 
And I know they they have Christian McCaffrey, and that's what won them the game. Did you did you listen to the Christian McCaffrey stats that I told you? Yes, I listened to did the you, Christian. Did you McCaffrey listen to what stats. I said? Yeah, the yeah. eight yard run. He had all these. Touched he was unfucking believable. Receiving touchdown, yes. He was unfucking believable yes. yesterday. I understand that, but he should not be doing that on a Jaguars defense that's supposed to be good. Yeah, I agree. So that is exactly what I'm saying. That I don't think that they might not be at the point where I was hoping they would be at. I think I think the Jags. Defense lost them that game, not yeah. necessarily well, Minshew lost them the game. Letting, Minshew still put up 27 points. Yeah, well, I was going to say, if you're letting a team score 35, I think, or whatever it was on you, then, yeah, obviously the defense did not do their job. But that is what, exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, you were coming at Minshew. I know, Minshew. I said Minshew mania. I you get were coming at Minshew. Come at the defense. That's fine. Don't come at my garden. Don't come at my Minshew mania. But Minshew also couldn't clutch that game at the end, so... I, that's why I, I you, it's fair. It's a fair you, argument. You win to say. some, you lose some. I know, I know. You win some, you lose some. But we haven't seen Minshew mania be Minshew mania clutch. He's he's had a great middle of games. He has not won a game at the end, and that is what I was really hoping. And I was sitting on the edge of my seat, waiting for him to throw a ball into the end zone to DJ Chark and win that game or tie that game and send it to overtime. And he just did not do that. Nothing against Minshew mania. I just. I'm waiting on it still. I'm waiting to see more from Minshew. And like you said, the defense did lose in that game. Really? That, because uh, uh, really what? Really? Because in Week Four, he uh, led a game-winning drive to beat the Broncos, 26-24. Broncos. They shouldn't even be that close to the Broncos. They should not. You just said he He's can't okay. clutch games, and literally fine, Week fine, Four, fine. he clutched the game. Fine against a bad Broncos team. Okay, okay but th- you you didn't put that on there. You didn't you're put right, that caveat. Right, you said he hasn't clutched games. You're right. He literally just did it week okay. four. I mean, okay. It's I, fair. If we're, it's fair. If that if just, you're being technical. Just, you're I'm right. I'm just saying. I said what I said. I'm just saying. I said what I said. So, moving on to power rankings. <laughs> power rankings. We're going to go 10 to 1, and we're going to put together a power rankings. So, this week, Monday Night Football does come into play into the power rankings. Absolutely. Last week we had the Browns and 49ers both on our power rankings, so that means you better believe that this game is going to decide where some teams are going to fall. So for that reason, as you know, we record on Mondays, release Tuesdays. We don't know the outcome of Monday Night Football. So we're going to give two little op- we got we're going to give a few options of if the Browns win, where they go, if they lose, where they go, same with the Niners like who wins? Like, what's what's gonna happen? What 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 happens here? So, obviously, if it's a huge win and we need to bump them up even more, you'll see that reflected on the posted power rankings. But for the most part, these are gonna be the accurate power rankings that you're gonna see posted on Tuesday, as per usual. So, starting at number ten, who you got, Colin? I have at number ten currently the Ravens, but. I also have the caveat, if the Browns lose tonight, they will be in that 10th spot and the Ravens will drop out of the top 10. So, I half agree with you. I have the Bills at the 10th spot, and if the Browns lose tonight, I have the Browns at 10. But, I just want to mention real quick, because you have the Ravens, that for me, the Ravens are my big loser this week. The big loser who ends up getting dropped from the power rankings despite winning. It's unfortunate, 
but I didn't like what I saw um, against the Steelers. Even though I called it, I said exactly what was going to happen. When I was picking my picks this past week, I picked the Ravens. And you said what most people would have agreed with you saying, oh, that's an easy pick. And I said, no. I've watched enough AFC North football in my lifetime. I know this is going to be a close game. But I don't think that Lamar Jackson looked as good as he should have, even in a win. And the defense, I know, is still there. They still hold him, held the Steelers' offense to 20 points, but they were still letting their third-string quarterback throw all over them. And that was another reason why I said on Thursday, I said, this is going to be a close game. I don't care who's at quarterback, Mason Rudolph or Ben Roethlisberger. I guess what I also meant to say was <laughs> Mason Rudolph, Ben Roethlisberger, or whoever the hell else they have at the end of their bench because I was right. An that, undrafted rookie from Samford. Exactly. Not Stanford. Samford. Samford. And they completely proved my point that it does not matter who they have at quarterback. This is a close game because it's Ravens and Steelers. It's an AFC North dogfight. So, yeah, I know that I probably should still give credit to the Ravens because I knew that game was going to happen and they still won. But I think the Bills showed me more over the past few weeks. And I, I'm upset that we didn't have them last week after they played the Patriots so closely. I think they maybe deserve to be there last week. And I know they're at like our 11 spot. They just got cut. I think I had them and you didn't and you convinced me otherwise and they got cut right at 11. I think this week they earn it more than the Ravens earn it. And I think the Ravens have a little bit more to show before they could come back in. But they're obviously still in that bubble. They're my big loser. Yeah, yeah, they they definitely are. I, 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 would, I would give you the bills at 10 because of the Ravens' secondary and how hurt they are in the secondary. Yeah. They uh, they have a lot of injuries in the secondary, so it's going to be interesting to see how not only Lamar bounces back after this three-interception game, but also how their defense bounces back from all these injuries that they're having. Yeah. Um, so we so got the, at nine. The Ravens are the big loser, so we got Bills at ten. Are you writing this down? Or you oh, want me to do it? I can write it down. Awesome. Thank you. Bills at 10. I have the Rams at 9. And they take a nosedive. They go down to 9. They started the season at 2. I think, I, I'm trying to remember. I think we had Patriots, Rams, and then Chiefs. So they started the season all the way at the top of the boards, and they have fallen all the way down to 9. And if the 49ers win on Monday Night Football tonight, I'll have the Niners at 9. And I'll bump the Rams up to eight. Um, but the Rams, they, they're they exactly what I've been saying they have been for over the past few shows or so. They're just not showing it, and they don't look like they were looking like last year. They look like a different team in a bad way. Their secondary is giving up too many big plays. Their rushing attack didn't look so great until this week where Todd Gurley did look a little bit better. I don't really believe in the Rams, and the part of that is attributed to Jared Goff, who I just don't believe in as a quarterback. I think Mitch Trubisky gets a bad rep when there's another guy, Jared Goff, who also should be getting a bad rep because he was the number one pick in the draft. Mitch was only two. Yeah. Jared Goff was number one. Yeah, but Jared Goff's been to a Super Bowl. Not because of him. I would not say that was because of his play. 
Still got him there. You did get him there, and that's that's Martin, a good argument. More than Mitch has done. I think it's a um, solid argument. It's a solid argument. But and it's, and the, the Rams do got to take a nosedive here, and I think that's fair because they haven't showed anything. They have two bad losses back-to-back. This is another game that they were at least hoping to win, and we kind of thought Seattle would win. I think we both picked Seattle, mm-hmm. actually, to win yeah. that game, but they got to take a nosedive, and I don't think they deserve to fall off the boards because they're still the Rams, still Sean McVay, yeah, they'll be here, but they need a they need a little timeout. They need to go back down to nine. Yeah, think about what they did. Come back and have a better week next week, and we'll see what happens. But I got the Rams at nine. Yeah, I I also have the Rams at nine Perfect. with the Forty ers If they get the win, they will go into the nine spot and move the Rams up to up to eight. But yeah, like you said, this Rams team just does not look like they did last year. Uh, watching Jared Goff on Thursday night last week against the Seahawks, he just looked scared. He looked really scared in the pocket, making really quick decisions. He, he, But when he did have time, he stood in the pocket and he made good throws. Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw what he did with Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup had a great game. Um, I, I, I think this Rams team is still good. They need to get humbled a little bit. They need to. I need to see a little bit more real Todd Gurley. I'd like to see some Todd, but right now, it. it I can't put them anywhere. They they're close to dropping out. They're yeah. really close to dropping out of the top ten. Um, who do they play this week? They have. I have the schedule up here somewhere. They play the 49ers next week. If they lose to the Niners, they're out. Oh yeah. Whether the Niners win or lose on Monday Night Football, the the Rams would be out. Yeah, you, you can't win. You can't lose three in a row like that. No, it doesn't matter who you're playing. No, um, especially if you're the Rams and you're the defending NFC champions. Yeah, I mean that that's that's the way it is. Speaking of the Seahawks, I have the Seahawks at eight. I don't love the Seahawks team. I think they're good. I don't think they're great. I think Russell Wilson is one of the most underrated players in the league. I think he's incredible with the team that they put around him. But I, I, I just don't love what they have around him. I, I just think if he was in a better situation, he'd be a very he'd be a perennial MVP candidate. Well, that's the thing for me. I also have the Seahawks here at eight. And I do like them a lot because of Russell Wilson. I think their defense needs some work. I think that they could play better in the future. But I like the Seahawks because of Russell Wilson. And Chris Carson's looking good. He's starting to get going. Tyler Lockett looked like a god at wide receiver, making a San Antonio Holmes-esque catch in the back of the end zone, a little toe tap. I like the Seahawks. I really do like the Seahawks team. So I have them at eight. And, I mean, we both do. I think that's a solid place to have them. It's their first time in a couple weeks getting back into the top ten. I like them at eight. That's a solid spot, and I want to see more from the Seahawks. I think they can even climb that more if their defense can start to pick it up a little bit. Honestly, I wish they'd wear those those electric green you like uniforms them? every week. You if, like them? Oh, my God, I love them. I Dude, know I Chris, felt about them. Chris Carson looked so good. He looked like <laughs> a beast in those. He looked crazy. But yeah, if they if they wore those every single week, they I might bet on them every single. Wow. I would bet on them every <laughs> single week if they wore those jerseys 
every week. So at seven, we have the same picks here also. We have if the Browns win, they're at seven. And that's the same spot they were at last week. I think it's tough to move up from here because of who's in front of them, and we'll get to that. But if they win, I think they stay at seven and solidify that spot. We got a lot of heat for saying the Browns were at seven this past week. And I think if they come out and beat an undefeated Niners team, they'll really earn that spot and stay right where they are because I think they would just kind of solidify that. And like I said, there's teams in front of them that they have to prove more to get in front of. Yeah. So like we said, if the Browns end up losing, then they drop and other teams move up. Yep. So yep. not much more to say, I think, on that unless you have more. No, no. That's that's I agree with all of that. So this is the pick I was really excited to get to. Same. Same. Number six, the Indianapolis Colts. Run the damn ball. I am by no means a Colts fan. I uh, am. Yeah. I might have been living in Indiana for the last four years, going to school here at IU. Yep. So it could have persuaded me to maybe like start at least watching the team. But I'm not, by no means a Colts fan. But what I watched on Sunday Night Football against the Chiefs was amazing. I watched a defense who is one of the youngest in the league, riddled with injuries, stop Patrick Mahomes and hold Patrick Mahomes to 10 points? Mm-hmm. 10 points. and 13. Thir- thank you. I, I thought they had another field goal in there. Yeah, they got it too. They held Patrick Mahomes to one touchdown. That's I think that's really what the yeah. most incredible thing was. And their offense just could not be stopped with Quentin Nelson and Anthony Costanzo. They were amazing. They could not be stopped running the ball. Run the damn ball. And I think that they could beat so many more teams in that exact same format. They can run the exact same schemes, the exact same game plan against so many teams in this league where I don't think they could be stopped just running the ball and doing exactly that and playing tough defense like that they played and pressuring the quarterback. I think they're the sixth best team in the league. I am biased because I have— Well, that's I, why I had to emphasize. I'm, I'm by no means biased. Right. I, I, I watched that game. I've watched the Colts the past few weeks, and I know they might have looked rougher against other competition, but they're starting to put it together and figure mm-hmm. out, let's just run the damn ball. Right. And, I mean, they did the same thing last year. Last year we started 1-5 and five and finished season 10-6, and six, went on a 9-10 game winning streak. So, I mean— to be able to play at the level they did with the injuries they had was incredibly impressive. Uh, and personally, I think that speaks to Chris Ballard, Frank Reich, and everyone else in that front office for putting together a team that emphasizes the next man up mentality and to be able to not only emphasize that mentality, but then to put it into action and actually have it work against one of the best franchises and teams in the league, it. I have never been more happy to be a Colts fan than I am today. Good. I'm. I'm very happy for the Colts fan base. I'm very happy for everyone here in the state of Indiana because that's all they got. They got the Colts and they got the Pacers. And right now the Pacers. Eh? They're fringe. Pl- they're, they'll hey, make the playoffs, hey, but they're hey, like a, hey, hey. they're a fringe like Ooh. competitor for the Eastern Conference. They yeah. don't really have it okay. all there. They'll probably be like a fifth seed, uh, maybe like three to four. But we'll talk about NBA that later. Starts in a few weeks. Yep, we'll get yep, there. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> We're football now. We're all football. 
So moving on, number five, the New Orleans Saints. And we agree on this pick at the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints have now gone three weeks without their Hall of Fame franchise quarterback, Drew Brees. And they have Teddy Bridgewater at the helm. They are now 3-0 and with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. And they look even better than they did to start off the season. I think once Drew Brees comes back, it's just going to keep accelerating from there. And I think this team has it in and win a Super Bowl. And we've already talked about that earlier at the top of the show. I really do like the Saints. They're at five for now for me, but they have so much potential to move up in this rankings and this power rankings as Drew Brees comes back from injury. Oh, yeah. And that defense is playing pretty well. I mean, they oh, yeah. they completely shut out Mike Evans yesterday. I was about to say Marshawn Lattimore. Just took, incredible. took Mike Evans out of the game. Mm-hmm. He's done that two weeks in a row now, Marshawn. Yeah, he he is something else. Cleveland boy. Shout yeah. out. Shout out the land. Shout out the 216. Shout out Glenville High School. <laughs> but, the football uh, factory. Yeah. I, I, do like, I do like the Saints at five. I think once Drew Brees comes back, they might they might take a little jump up the boards. But uh, for now, yeah, I'm very comfortable putting them at five. Oh, yeah. I like the Saints. Who you got at four? I got the Eagles. I have the Eagles at three. Okay. But... Uh, Convince me why they're they're not as good as the Chiefs. I think that this Eagles team is starting to come around. Obviously, like we've talked about, that their injured guys are starting to come back. Carson Wentz looks like what Carson Wentz did in the season. He should have won MVP before tearing his ACL. But I don't really believe it based off of the fact that I'm waiting for, I don't want to say better competition because they just beat the Packers, but I think that when you compare them to the Chiefs, because I can't really compare them to themselves because I think they're a great team. We had them at three last week. But I think if you compare them to the Chiefs, I don't think that the Chiefs deserve to drop this far down the boards from a loss to a Colts team that we now have at six that we think is that good. Yeah. The Chiefs really, they played a good team. We both agree on that. And I think the Chiefs' offense is better than the Eagles' offense. I think the Chiefs actually have the best offense in football. I'd like to see them get the running game going more. I think that they will in future weeks. They still got Damian Williams. They still have LaShawn McCoy. They still got other Williams at 31. I don't even know his first name, to be quite honest with you. But they have deep core running backs that they utilize because they utilize their other Williams as Darren Williams. That's his name, Darren Williams. They utilize him as a pass blocker. So they have different ways to incorporate all three of their running backs, and I think that they'll find a way to get the running game going. I think they have the best offense. Defense this is what it comes down to for me, why that they're better than the Eagles. I think their defense is better than the Eagles because of the additions that they made in the offseason. Tyron Matthew makes this defense by himself way better than it was last year because they were in desperate need of defensive backs. They were giving up so many big plays down the field where Patrick Mahomes was getting into literal shootouts with teams. There were multiple times last year that it was like 45 to 43 win, like against the Patriots, against the Rams. There were multiple times last year where they, their defense was giving up so many points that a guy like Tyron Matthew in the secondary has been amazing for them. And I think that they don't deserve to fall all the way down to four where you have them. And I think they're still better than the Eagles. And I'm waiting for the Eagles to continue to prove that to me. That's fair. Yeah. No, I. You completely convinced me. I think Chiefs should stay at three. I mean, they did. They struggled last night, obviously against the Colts, but I, I do think Tyron Matthew looked 
insane. Yeah. Like I was I was genuinely scared of Tyron Matthew the entire game. <laughs> Him just lurking around the line of scrimmage scares the living shit out of me. He's awesome. He's he is an ext- I, the reason why the Texans or anyone else got rid of him yeah, has I mean. to be off the field issues, but it, anything on the field, I have zero problems with. Yeah. He is he is a stud. So I now we have the Eagles at four. We have the Chiefs at three. So that means that some team had to move up to the number two spot because the Chiefs were chilling at number two. At number two, the Green Bay Packers. Go pack. Go, go pack, pack, go, go, and the go, cheese heads. Pack, go, Moving pack, all the way go, up go, pack, go, to number go, two. Pack, go, go, pack, the Packers go, go, pack, are looking go, like one of the best teams in football. They're looking like they have a Super Bowl run in them. And we've previously mentioned in the show that we both think that they are going to win their division. But on top of that, the Packers, their defense has come to life. They have a defense. They move up from number five last week to number two this week. They take three hops forward to the number two spot. Colin, how happy are you? I am ecstatic. The fact that my two favorite teams in the entire league, the Colts and the Packers, the Colts itching at a top five spot, and the Packers all the way up to number two, Oh my God, I cannot be more happy today. Today might be the best day of my life because the Packers looked dominant yesterday. They did give up towards the end of the game. They gave up a couple points. They started to look a little little slow. Darius Smith was hurt a couple times, but holy shit, we got a defense. Finally. Finally, Aaron Rodgers got a defense. And those... I've said it since we signed the Smiths. They are compl- they changed the landscape of this team because now finally on defense we have leaders. We have someone who who players can go to with anything, anything for the defense, and they play so well. Both of them, they play together. Like every time I was watching the Packers defense yesterday. It was either Zadarius or Preston touching, getting in Dak's face, barking at Dak. Fuck you, Dak, you little piece of shit. That's why you're not on our top ten. You suck. I hate Dak. The Cowboys are overrated. The Cowboys, ugh. And they're perfectly rated at the bottom of the league. Oh, Fuck the Cowboys. Perfectly rated in the middle of the league. No, but I think, I think this Packers team is, if we can stay healthy, we're, pri- we're primed for a Pats-Packers Super Bowl. I'd like to see it. I still, like I said, if when Drew Brees comes back, if they're still rolling. Oh, a Saints-Packers NFC, NFC championship, championship game. Oh, my God. Inject that into me. Oh, right into the bloodstream. Oh, my Jesus. I, I'm really starting to like the Packers. I know you're a Packers fan and there's bias. But Very much so. I would have zero bias with this pick at the Packers at number two. They looked the part against the Cowboys because a lot of people were coming at us for not putting the Cowboys in the top 10 this past week. And what happened? The Packers came out and kicked their butts. And obviously, I would like to see the Packers sustain that for the whole game because Mm -hmm. they let the Cowboys have some life and only ended up winning by 10. But at the end of the day, they just need to learn to not let off the gas. They need to learn to keep it pressed on. And that's the big thing with the Packers. 
that they were kicking the Cowboys' asses that whole game. It was not close. The only bad thing I would ever say about the Packers in this game is that they let off the gas. And that's one thing I want to see them do forward is just keep on the gas and just keep pushing forward. I like the Packers in number two. I know they just lost to the Eagles that we have now in number four. But at the same time, it's a week-to-week process. Mm-hmm. And they looked very good this week. And I think they're going to look good going forward. I'm very excited to see what this Packers team is going to do. And I'm more than happy to put them above the Chiefs, at least for this week, based on how good their defense is and how good their offense is. I would say net, as we've been saying about the Patriots, net, I would put them over the Chiefs today. Yep. And you want to you know what else? What? They scored 34 points yesterday without Devontae Adams. Crazy. No Devontae Adams. One of the best wide receivers in the league. Not even, in, that's not not a thing you mentioned had anything to do with Devontae Adams. Either. That's incredible. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's insane. So, but yeah. We like the Packers in number two. And then obviously, number one, but da, 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 da. it's the, the Pats. Patriots. <laughs> Big shock. Yeah. Big <laughs> shocks here. So, they're not moving. They had a li- they had I will say they had a tiny bit of a scare. In the first quarter. In the first quarter they had a tiny bit of a scare. A tiny bit of a scare. In the first quarter. <laughs> oh my. They're fine. They're chilling. Yeah, no, they um, I had picked that fifteen point spread and I was so I was nervous, like you said. Uh, like yep. that was a scare. Yeah. I was I was nervous for yeah. your fifteen point spread. No, but they covered. It yeah, was good. They were fine. Yeah. So the page the Patriots are number one and they're not leaving it for any time soon. No. That just about wraps things up. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the UB Pod. Please don't forget to hit us up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Follow us on Spotify and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. You can rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Please feel free to send this podcast link to all of your friends if you like the podcast. Also, if you don't already follow us on both Twitter and Instagram, Unfinished Business. Follow us at Finish the Biz on Twitter and Instagram. That's at Finish the Biz, at Finish the B I Z. We're going to keep on rolling with this podcast. We're really having a good time doing this. We have a lot of more content that we want to get out to you guys. And we need the support to get that for you. So please, like I said, subscribe, follow, rate five stars where you can, and continue to support and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We only want to bring the best content for you guys. And I think we're going to be able to do that through social media to begin with. On Instagram, we're going to be doing a lot more on stories. We obviously always have our pickums there. We talk about that every week at the end of the show. Um, So play our pickums. We have college football. We have NFL. Currently, it's the MLB playoffs. So we have the AL and NLDS. And obviously, we're going to have the NLALCS and the World Series pickums. So we'll have that for the next month. And then basketball season's gonna roll around and we'll have basketball season pickums as well. So we got pickums almost daily on our Instagram story. So play those. We'll also be posting different poll questions on Twitter. Uh, so be it on the lookout for those. Um, and going back to Instagram, we're gonna have this fantasy corner segment going on. And for Thursday shows on the fantasy corner segment, we're gonna wanna give you guys some fantasy advice, uh, some start sit, start sit advice. So make sure you're following on Instagram because that's where we'll be posting a little poll thing where you could put in who your guys are and say, 
I don't know who to start this week, Saquon Barkley or Delvin Cook. Because, man, if you had both those guys on your team, uh, you're obviously starting both of them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But make sure you're following so you know uh, to put that in so we can have you guys on the show. We want to make this more interactive. We would rather be creating community than just talking about you. So thank you for listening to the podcast. We'll see you next week. We'll see you on Thursday. Yeah, we'll see you Thursday. See you Thursday. Have a good one. Peace.